Welcome to the Moving Up Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Wilson, CEO of the Wilson Group Real Estate Services, and my passion is creating success in people by sharing my experiences in real estate, entrepreneurship, and community involvement. My partner, Heather Warmbrod, and I will be hearing from expert leaders in these spaces and giving you practical advice to help you accelerate your business. So pull up a seat because we are about to have a lot of fun. It's time for you to move up. Hey, everybody. Today, we have a great show. We have one of Nashville's premier entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs, builder, contractor, Ms. Jamie Duncan with Build Nashville. Jamie, welcome and thank you for joining us today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Christy. It's, I'm huge honor to be here. I've, I've always been a fan of yours, so thank you for inviting me. Oh, girl, the honor is ours. <laughs> I mean, you guys have won Builder of the Year for how many years? Like Nashville Lifestyles yeah. and the Business Journal and, and all yeah. of the things. Yeah, we won Nashville Lifestyles three years in a row. They kind of discontinued that program recently, so I I couldn't say in a row any longer, but, um, and then we won the Tennessean in 2020. And then we've won several other awards like Best Kitchens, Best Bass. My business partner, Sean, was 40 under 40 last year. We were one of the best in business from the National Business Journal. So, yeah, we've been very honored with the support of the community, that's for sure. Yay. Yeah. So, tell us about Build Nashville. Absolutely. Sean and I started this company eight years ago. And we had worked together with another contractor here in Nashville uh, for a few years and kind of have had become the face of that company. Just the owner was allowing us to kind of take the reins. And we learned a lot and learned what we wanted to do and what we didn't want to do through that experience. And we just chose about eight years ago. Well, it's December 24th, 2014 is exactly. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. We met we met at, at uh, 10 a.m. on Christmas Eve with our investor, who is still our investor to this day, uh, on the things that we need investors on now. Thankfully, we don't need one all the time. But he took a risk on us. He knew us for literally two weeks. Uh, and I think he would tell you if you were sitting here, it was a great risk to take. And yeah. we're so thankful that he did. Uh, and he is as well. But he's become a great, I mean, honestly, family member, if you ask me. But he pretty much let us buy the first lot. We were able to take down the first one in 12 South. And then that year, we pretty much have doubled our production almost every year. Last couple of years, we've stayed consistent around 25 because that's kind of our sweet spot, Mm -hmm. 25 homes a year. And, you know, there's a good mixture of what we call speculative houses that we're building that we will eventually put on the market. Even sometimes while the house is being built, we'll allow people to see it, possibly go ahead and buy it. Sometimes have input on the design, depending on what stage it's in, depending on (laughs) supply chain issues that we may or may not have. And then we do a good mixture, probably 30% of our business, I would say, is a custom builder. And that makes us a little bit unique because there's quite a few builders in this area that kind of took on the... Uh, stance that this speculative building was more profitable and Mm -hmm. lucrative than if you did a custom and had the perceived issues that go along with doing a custom. You know, sometimes customers can slow the process down. I always say it's like a freight train going down the tracks. And if you slow it down, it's hard to get that momentum going back sometimes. But I feel like after eight years, we have developed a really good process and paperwork and procedures and timelines 
that we won't let someone necessarily, even if it is their custom home and they're paying the bills, they respect the fact that we have timelines that things have to be chosen by and documented correctly, which we have a designer on staff that handles all of that, takes that burden and makes it so much more fun and easier. (laughs) But I've talked to some builders that are custom builders primarily that are my friends and they're taking two years to build a custom home. And I'm always scratching my head about that as I'll make as much as you want your client to feel like it's a custom process and you want them to feel like they've got design input and they can make some changes if needed along the way. I still don't understand why it would take two years if you're giving them the the constraints and the guidelines and the help to make changes when necessary that it shouldn't really you shouldn't take that long. It, it should be a little bit more of a streamlined process. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got those documents in place and those processes and guidelines and our whole team kind of stays focused on that. We're pretty organized, as I've been told by many people. Yeah, sounds so, like it. If you can keep people yeah. on the track and keep the train going. Yes, it is. It's a lot of ducks to wrangle uh-huh. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> uh, especially with about, I'd say about 16 to 18 houses at a time is our consistent number that we're building at one time. And those range from, you know, 3,000 square feet up to 7,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. The average square footage that we're currently building is around forty-five to 5,000 square feet because a lot of the larger lots in Westmead are obviously uh, driving that factor. Mm-hmm. But our, we'll accommodate it. our main three areas, well, we've built outside of these areas, but it seems like we've kind of found our niche in Green Hills, Sylvan Park, and Westmead. And Westmead is quickly becoming, you know, one of our largest markets just because Everybody is loving the one-acre treed lots, yeah. and I personally am moving over there myself, yeah. <laughs> ironically. So, you know, it's it's a nice in the connectivity that to, to Charlotte and Nashville West, and the easy hop on, hop off to get to West End, and it's you know it's a really nice location. And Sylvan Park here, nestled in the middle of all of it, is just always solid. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can always bank on Sylvan Park just being solid. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, Full disclosure, Jamie is about to build a house for me. Yay, I'm Yay. so excited. <laughs> and so what's funny is that Heather and I as realtors, we always talk about, oh my gosh, we're marriage counselors, we're therapists, yeah. we talk people <laughs> off the ledge all the time. <clears throat> Jamie has had to talk me off the ledge because I've become that client now. That no. I, get, I get real nervous, like, oh my God, I'm spending so much money. And then it's like, chill out, you're getting... What yes. she is amazing. She's so soothing. She and Sean both and Jenna, yes. your awesome office manager. I guess she's your office manager. She's director of operations. Director of operations. Yeah, she's, yeah. We're training Jenna right now. Uh, you know, you always laugh and say, if I could just create a duplicate of myself. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're trying to create. Sean has Brad, our uh, construction, or vice president of construction. Let me get his title right. But he's been with us a little over four years and he's Sean's duplicate for the most part. And he has Sarah who does all the estimating and is his right hand as well. And then, Jenna came on board about eight to 10 months ago. And my goal is to train her to do a lot of the things that I do and be involved in a lot of the things that I am involved in. I mean, as an entrepreneur, because that's what this podcast is about mainly, it really, the biggest challenge that we have is trying to become less of an employee of our business and more of a business owner. Mm -hmm. Um, And as much as we love what we do, we'd like to duplicate that in other cities. So, you know, we're actively looking and actually are, you know, buying some properties down in St. Pete, Florida, where I have a second home and my daughter lives. So there's there's a draw there already. So we've made a lot of good connections there. And, you know, we're always looking at 
even expanding north of Nashville, just within a 45, 30, 45 minute drive is, is a different market to some extent. Yeah. Maybe some of the same subs, but it's definitely going to be a different, you know, experience. So Sean and I realize how critical it is at this point. We have a team of 13 that are all very capable. Many of them have been with us for many years that we've got to start, as much as we love doing what we do and we like being in the weeds, we've got to start trying to pull ourselves out a little bit, not because we're going to go, you know, run around and, and play all day. We're going to do other things because that's just our nature. We're not we're not going to just re- sit back and do nothing. Yeah. So but, you, you bring up a good point. So you yeah. have 13 people who work yeah. for you. In the building process, do you always use the same framing company mm-hmm. team, same yes. hardwood floor people, same cabinet people? Yes, we have no more than two deep, is what we call it, on subs. And that's because we've kept it very family-oriented. Mm-hmm. We are not the type of builder that's going to take a house plan and send it out to five electricians and five plumbers and right. five framers. Mm-hmm. They have learned what is critical to us, what our quote-unquote pet peeves are, what we will and won't accept we are very, very picky and they know that and we've got them quote unquote trained. Now that doesn't mean that, you know, you've got the owner of the company that understands us, but then they have their employees that come in and Mm -hmm. work underneath them. So it's not easy. I mean, I I can't, there's not a day that goes by that one of my project managers is not having a nervous breakdown over, (laughs) you know, somebody not showing up or being too far out on the schedule or something like that. But Yes, we stay very tight with those subs. And honestly, the maj- I'd say 60% of those subs are people that we've worked with from the inception of Build Nashville. And some of those 40% that are no longer there is simply because they've either gotten out of the business or we've outgrown them. Mm-hmm. But we're always looking for good subs. So if you're listening out there, you can reach out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, with that being said, we treat them like family. And we do... You know, we have to go out and price shop occasionally. And we would get so many cold calls from the painter that's, you know, drove mm-hmm. by our sign and is going right. to call us and that kind of stuff. So when we shop that, we're looking to make sure that our guys, even though they pretty much are guaranteed to get the job, that they're still in line with their pricing and mm-hmm. that we're not just sure. paying because of a relationship because we're not going to do that. But we also want that quality that we know we can count on in the warranty process and all of that so critical. And Sean, having been a trim carpenter in the past, he actually, before we started Build Nashville, he, again, we worked with the other company, but he was a trim carpenter originally for that company. And he stepped up and said, Hey, I want to give it a shot being a, a project manager. And they gave him that opportunity and he just shined. I mean, he was building houses, Christy and Sylvan Park in four and a half months at the height of 2010, 2011, yeah. when we had the pick of all the subs we wanted, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So Sean had a very streamlined process down and it worked really well, but he had his tool belt on us, he says, with a lot of these people that we still work with. So they have a level of respect for him and for I, because they, they knew us together at the, at the previous company as well. Has that been ever a challenge being, I mean, you're in a highly male dominated <laughs> Industry yes. building. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's very few women builder business owners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Has that been challenging, or has that been awesome? Or I honestly don't think it has. I've been asked this question before, and I've really thought about it because somehow I knew you're going to ask that question today. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not a feminist. I feel like if you're, I don't care what you are. If you can do the job, then do the job and demand the respect and give the respect back and all those types of things. So I don't, you know, ever want to get in a position where. 
I want favoritism because I'm a female. I want someone to be more passive with me because I'm, tell me if I'm wrong, tell me I want to learn, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. every single day I'm learning something new and I will fall on that sword and tell you, Hey, I screwed this up or I've, I don't understand this. Will you explain this? This is a learning lesson for me. I say that all the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm constantly learning something. I can't walk on a job site and look at a f- framed up house and start pointing out issue potential, you know, this trust doesn't catch it over here on this load and this like that's not my cup of tea that's not what I do okay I could step in and be a project manager if I have to probably get myself a b plus on the on the effort I would need some help but that's not my role in the company and that's why we have Sean and other people my role in the company is more related to customer relations selections design driven organization, managing HR, the warranty process, things like that. So we stay in our own lane, but that's why Sean and I are such good uh, business partners. I hear so many horror stories, uh, even in the building world, of business partners that don't have the same symbiotic relationship that Sean and I have. Mm -hmm. Everybody just obviously assumes we're married, which cracks me up. (laughs) It's like, why can a woman not be in this business without her husband? Yeah. Why can it not be a completely platonic relationship with a man that I feel like is like the little brother I never had? Yeah. And we respect the heck out of each other. I'm sure, as I've said before, he goes home and mouths off about me to his wife. And I'm (laughs) sure I mouth off to my husband about him sometimes. But we have the utmost respect for each other and we have fun doing what we do. That's the most important thing. And he has no problem calling me out if I'm wrong, and I have no problem calling him out if he's wrong. So, you know what I've loved about working with y'all so far is the meetings we've had at your office. Mm-hmm. You're all listening. Yes. You're paying attention. You're listening. Yeah. You're offering creative solutions. I mean, mm-hmm. it's such a solution driven yeah. uh, mindset that you guys have. That's something that we've always, and thank you for saying that. It's something we've always been really cognizant of. We love the architects we work with, and you're working with one that we work with a lot. Mm-hmm. And yet, Sometimes you really have to, sometimes people think they want something, but they don't really know that they want it or they don't want it. Yeah, <laughs> Christy's raising her hand. And so it, yes. it, it, it is really kind of counseling. It really mm-hmm. is. But Sean and I made a motto up of our company a long time ago. It was actually Sean's idea. We were sitting around a table because we felt forced to create a website. We didn't feel like we had to have one. This is like six years ago. But to make us relevant, we needed sure. a website. So at that point, now you got to have a logo and you got to have a motto and all those things. And we just started spitballing what we felt like we stood for. And Sean said, well, I mean, I just think we built our houses as if our our families were going to live there. And I'm like, that's true. If we are going to build a house for Christy Wilson, if we're going to build, we've built for several realtors in town, or if it's somebody we don't know, it doesn't matter. We're going to take what we would want that builder to do if we were in their shoes in the in the buyer's shoes and what we would expect from that builder but we're going to hopefully be, go beyond that because obviously we've heard the horror stories of some people yeah. custom building but we're going to make decisions with you and give you the pros and cons even if that means we're going to lower your budget and in thus by doing so a cost plus job obviously lowers our potential profit it doesn't matter that it is not about that we know going into that deal approximately what our range of our profit will be. And our goal is not to try to drive you up on your price mm-hmm. because we're going to make an extra little bit or this or that. It really is about what is best for you. And that experience that you have, hopefully, is a good one through the whole process. I do say to every customer when we get started, 
that there will be a time you'll be frustrated with us or the process, or we may be frustrated with you or your lack of process, <laughs> but we will be very open and transparent and say, hey, this is causing us a little issue, you know, or whatever. And we would ask that you do the same to us right. because we want this to be fun. It's one of the largest transactions, if not the largest transaction. And a lot of people do this multiple times mm-hmm. in their life. It used to be once or twice in your life. Now it feels like it's like 10 or 12 times in your yeah, life for of, sure. of buying a home. But building is definitely not something you do every day. It's something I do every day. So I've got insight into what this might domino effect might create mm-hmm. or what this cost might approximately be. And everybody has a hot button. Just yesterday, I was at my personal house that we're building. I wanted to move my pool 18 inches. And that sounds so stupid, but it really does make the connectivity from my porch better and a lot of different things. But I know talking to the contractor that I was going to have to have more concrete or I'm sorry, gravel, and it was going to add a little bit. And so I just walked away and I told my project manager, I said, if it's a thousand dollars or less, do it. You don't have to call me. But but beyond that, I'm not doing it. And that's how I left it. I just Mm -hmm. assigned a value that of what it was worth to me. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't have to deal with the back and forth. You know, we wouldn't necessarily do that with a custom client because I don't want it to be that loosey goosey. We're pretty tight about things like that. But that's just an example of we try really hard to make decisions that would make the most sense for the client and mm-hmm. give them the input that we would. Like if it was going to be more than $1,000, it wouldn't be worth it to me. Mm-hmm. I would tell you, is it really worth it yeah, for 18 right. inches? You know, here's the pros, here's the cons, things like that. Come to find out it's going to be like 500 bucks. So done. Oh, it's sweet. happening. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but I'm, I'm, you know, if it had never gotten moved, it wouldn't have been the end of the world either. It would have been fine. But it's just something that I gave myself an opportunity to do while I had the opportunity. Yeah. But if you're like me, you would have known it every day that you walked out your back door. Oh, my gosh. Y'all. Yeah. For right. I it's swear. like, why didn't I spend the $1,500? <laughs> oh, my gosh. My biggest problem with my character flaw, and this is whether I'm traveling or I'm looking to research to buy something, I have FOMO, fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is real. And so my clients will hear me say, look, I'm going to tell you things that just because I bring it up doesn't mean it's the right thing to do or not to do, but I don't want you ever to move into that house, go, God, Jamie, why didn't you tell me Uh that I could have or could have not done this and it would have resulted in this or not resulted in that. And so those are the types of mindsets that we try to keep at all times is if when Christy Wilson's got her house going, I'm going to be thinking like I'm living here Mm -hmm. like Christy and I'm going to say, hey, this might be worth it. This huge back porch with all your entertaining in the future may be worth it, but Sorry, Andrew, with the stone around the bottom in the back is not. So, I mean, we're we're going to come up with things that, you know, is going to save you money to allow you to do things that really make a difference to your life. Well, I want to point out something to this very fact, because I became obsessed with this this Instagram uh, thing I follow where they're they're renovating their own home right now. Yes. And around their pool, they did the concrete squares and it looked like it was all on a diagonal mm-hmm. with the grass growing between. Yeah. Yes. I just think that's so beautiful. And Jamie's like, well, let me tell you something. And she <laughs> talked about which, where she had been at a party or a broker open or yes. something where the people had done that and it's always uneven. So uh, you could twist your ankle, you could fall off, yeah. you had maybe one or two yes. too many cocktails or, or you're just, it's, slippery or something right, and right. that was so helpful mm-hmm. for me i never had thought i just love the way it looked i, do too. I hadn't thought about the um the day in day yeah, out even if you do turf yeah. it's still going to be that's right not I, yeah the way that yeah. concrete is going to be that lip to the turf will be it just happened to me when i was walking in the broker open and i was a beautiful home in green hills and i'm walking talking to another agent and i'm not paying attention to where i'm stepping 
And twice in a 10-foot section, my ankle kind of twisted. And I didn't have on heels or anything. And I thought, man, this is a really tough, you know, and I stood back and I looked at it and I thought, are this, is the spacing too big? Like, what's going on? And I couldn't come up with any reason other than it's just two different types of surfaces. Concrete is solid and turf with the even the fill and everything that goes underneath it is not. So, Christy, to your point, I love that look too. And I'm going to have a two-spot guest parking at my house because I use my house as a model home a lot and bring clients over to kind of show them different aspects of our builds and our pools and things. I'm going to put it as my guest parking. So oh, that it creates a little green space and it's going to soften that parking spot that's kind of in the front of the house. It's kind of over to the side, but still in the front of the house. But I'm not going to be walking on that surface when I'm having a cocktail or two with friends over yeah. or having kids over there, you know, to me, it just felt like a real trip hazard for potential. So I tell people all the time, just because you see it on Instagram doesn't mean that we can even build it, <laughs> source it, get it approved by codes, or yeah. that it's livable. That's right. So, you know, we have, to, I actually have a clause in our contract when it's a custom build that says that because you'd be surprised how many times people will literally send us an Instagram or Pinterest picture and say, oh, I want this. And so sometimes it's, we can't do that. And sometimes it's a lot of research. Call ATA, CPA, and advisors to help you with all of your accounting needs. ATA can help you amplify your business with tax planning, client accounting services, advisory, and assurance services. Contact partner David Hart and the ATA team today at 615-662-2727 or visit atacpa.net to get started. Poor Jenna, I sent her down a goose chase the other day because I found this post that popped up on Instagram that has this amazing 3D wallpaper that I want from my personal house. And I think she's, you know, chasing it all over town to try to figure out what it is. But, you know, people don't understand sometimes when you don't have a direct vendor for that product, mm -hmm. there's so much that goes behind researching it and trying to track something down. And then we have to decide as a builder, are we willing to let you be a guinea pig on something that's different and then warrant that process as well. Mm, sure. So a lot of people are like, oh, I'll just go get all my lights at off Etsy or something or yeah. this or that. Well, I can't let or my grandmother's chandelier that's passed down in the family for three years. I can't or 30 years. I can't let you put that in a new construction house because I can't replace that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can't get a part for that. So a lot of people literally will do some research like, well, I got this lighting bid back and I mean, I can go on, I don't know, Wayfair and sure. get it for half price. Well, A, most of the time it's a knockoff. It's not even the real brand. So <laughs> I've got a great story on this. I'm sorry to squirrel, but that's, I have a lot of squirrels in my life. So <laughs> that's we, how we roll this yes, podcast. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just, I want to hear all about I know, this. I mean, yeah, this is a great, this is a great story. So we saw this beautiful light. It was at um, a house we just recently finished right over here in Sylvan Heights. And I don't know how else to describe it. Sean calls it the witch's hat. It's not mm -hmm. a witch's hat, but Sean <laughs> likes to make fun of certain things that are different. And so it was this very wavy kind of looking light, very modern, mid-century look. And we got a bid from our lighting queen, Megan, that we love very much at Graham's. Well, somebody in my office found it on a Etsy site and they ordered it. <laughs> it was like a third of the cost uh -huh. and we get it in. It's made of ribbons. Oh my god! It's gosh. literally ribbon. It's not even metal. It's like ribbon. Yes. For a chandelier? Yes. It, it literally, 
like it's just going to prove that people can knock things off uh-huh. and yeah. you're, you don't get what you think you're getting. Right, right. Because the one from Graham's was clearly metal and this one is literally made out of black ribbon and it didn't say that anywhere in there. But people all the time will be like, oh, I can just get this off of this site and right, say, right. you know, even the faucets are made differently. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's brass fittings versus plastic fittings yeah. that are sold at the big box retailers. And uh-huh. so when it goes to installing and warranting, there's a big difference. There is. So, yeah, wow. it's, it's a lot of education during the process. And um, so just having this conversation yeah. makes me want to, because um, I don't even think I've signed a contract yet. Not yet. I don't think we've gotten con- no, okay, We need no, to do that. Not yet. We're working on plans. <laughs> okay, cool. We don't do that until we get to budget. Okay. We can't get to budget until we get plans. Got it. Got it. So I'm just like, here... Take it. You do everything, and I'll just let me know when I need to do my walkthrough. Well, <laughs> it's going to be fun. I mean, that's first of all, you're such a great personality and so easy to work with. But we're going to make it fun just because that's what we do. It is going to be fun. It's gonna uh, be a fun project. It's, yeah, it's going to be really neat. So, what's your favorite part about owning Build Nashville and what you do? I think just every day is different. I don't wake up with any day that ever looks like the day before, and there's always something fun or exciting. There are definitely the days that I'm like, I look at my calendar, and I'm like. this is not a great day, but I know the next day will. And I always try to remind myself, even on the really tough days, that how was it that Ed Milet said this the other day, who is one of my favorite podcasts, if you guys ever listened to him. This is the day that your five years ago self dreamt of and so i'm sure ed said it way much better but uh, so much better but literally you've got to remember five years ago or even when your your 22 year old self dreamt of or whatever fill in the blank you know what i mean so it could be the most mundane of days or the most stressful of days but literally think back how you felt five years ago and how that five year ago self thought this was a rival. This was mm-hmm. this was where you're headed. And if you can't take the time to appreciate where you've been and how far you've come, then you can't continue to grow. Yeah. And right. so I think just having different days every day is yeah. really fun. And uh, interacting with our, our our team and our family that we call them. And, you know, it's it's a very collaborative effort. I literally just was listening to another podcast because God knows we don't listen to the news anymore, right? Yeah. We just can't. <laughs> no, so just I'm all can't. about exactly. some podcasts. And right. um, I was listening to one the other day and she is the president of Pepsi Cola. She was one of the first Indians and women in the Pepsi Cola Fortune 50 company type of thing. I can't repeat all the, the criteria, but qualifications. But she said something that just struck a chord with me. And she said, as a leader, because that's where I feel sometimes I, I fall short as a leader, you need to ask your team, what is my core competency? What can you count on me for consistently? And just the opposite of that, where do I need to improve my competency? That's a great question. And so I literally sent it out to my the, what I call the office staff, the ladies in the office that we all um, work together daily. And I asked them, and all of them were... I think a little nervous to answer it. I was like, no, I really, really want your feedback. And that's one thing that Lexi, our uh, uh, county manager, said that my core competency was that she could always count on me to be flexible and willing to listen and to to make changes. I'm not stuck in my ways, which is something that Sean and I have always said. It's not our way or the highway. We're all going to put our heads together and we're going to try other things if other people feel that it's important to try it, especially when they deal with stuff we don't deal with, like our money, you Mm -hmm. know, like that's daily accounting stuff is not something Sean and I get in the weeds on. But then the flip side, my competency that needs to be worked on is more clear communication. And 
if you can't tell, like I said, I live with a lot of squirrels <laughs> and I talk fast and I'm always going like, there's 10 things Your happening in the back of my today. mind. Yes. You've, yeah. been, you've not been going too fast <laughs> yeah. at all. But I, I do have a hard time. I, I, I tend to drop and run, drop and run, yeah. you know, and I don't fully explain or set an expectation. And Sean's really good about holding me accountable on that. And sometimes I hold on to things that I feel like are bigger than they really are to deal with because I feel like I got to have the time to deal with them. Whereas Sean, on the other hand, if you could see me, I'm pulling a gun from my hip and he's like, yeah. <laughs> point and fire, go, you know, yeah. like he is go, go, go. And sometimes he doesn't think about the consequences if he does. So we're such a great blend between those two things. Cause he'll be like, girl, get your butt in gear and get this done or do this or answer this email. And sometimes I'm like, Whoa, pump the brakes. We need to talk about this more. So yeah. we're good yin and yang when it yeah. comes to that. I think I'm like, yeah. Sean, I'm someone called me a speedboat one time. Yes. I'm on my speedboat going <laughs> or and, your pace of walking and not, yes. yeah, my pace of walking. <laughs> it's like, they don't know. You're not looking back at your wake. Yes. You're, you're leaving yes. a hell exactly. of a wake back there yes. and people are bobbing up and down. In it. That's I'm going, me. Oh no, it was such a great, yes. you know, analogy. I'm going, you're right. I need to, yes. you know, look at Absolutely. my wake. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Well, speaking of wakes, one of my favorite sayings is all tides rise, all ships. Yes. And that it literally gives me chill bumps when I say it half the time because it really is true. I was just talking to a fellow competitor today who is 22 years old. I am so impressed with this young man. He dropped out of college because he knew right away that that was not for him. He immediately went to work doing wholesale, you know, selling lots, things like that. Then he got his contractor's license and he's just really going for it. And I mean, he's out there, he's putting the content on social media because he's trying to encourage other people. And I'm so proud of him. And I was just driving at seven minutes in between meetings today. And I picked up the phone to call him. And I was like, hey, I just want you to know, I see you and I think you're awesome and you're doing great. And I'm here if you need me. Cause we've had lunch a couple of times as he likes to say, he looks up to us and he wants to be more like us. I was like, dude, I want to be more like you. Yeah. I want to go back to 22 and know what you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I don't want to wait till I'm 45, but either way, I think we as humans need to do that more. And that's something Tony Robbins has always said that he does in the morning is he spends his time doing his meditation and different things, but he spends 10 minutes making three phone calls. And I thought this was powerful to people to thank them for what they do in his life or to encourage them and something that they're having trouble with or whatever. I don't know if I can have enough friends like Tony Robbins does, but yeah. I can come up with yeah. one that come, I can do a day. Yeah. And so I want to make sure that, again, all tides rise, all ships. And the better that we as the building community are in Nashville, the better Nashville will be. Yeah. And, you know, not to get on a, a political soapbox or anything such as that, but if we don't do something about infrastructure in the city, mm. that is the number one thing. I know affordable housing is a hot button. We're not even going to go there right now, but the infrastructure in the city has got to be dealt with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's something that as the mayoral candidates start announcing themselves and things yeah. like that, that we as city leaders need to mm -hmm. be involved in helping promote that agenda because that's where I feel like, you know, Nashville community of builders needs to step up and have a more financial role in that and, regards to meaning we need to support the right people and we mm -hmm. need to put money where our mouth is, hire lobbyists, whatever we need to do to make sure that that stuff's getting paid attention to. Because I, I do understand why some people get frustrated with all the development around town. They don't have a clue how much we as developers have to contribute to a lot of things, sidewalk bills, all mm -hmm. these different stuff, new utility fr uh, infrastructures for utility poles that sometimes we have to pay for. But we definitely have to get more involved with having a say-so and not just sitting back and just continuing to grow and grow and grow this town, mm -hmm. but not address mm -hmm. the big elephant in the room of 
transportation. I was just in Miami over the weekend and, you know, just looking at the monorail system and, and their Brightline train system that they have. And I mean, we've got to come up with that kind of stuff. And yeah. that stuff doesn't every, happen overnight. Right. Every time I talk about a monorail, I'm like, we can't go down. Mm-hmm. We, we're rock. Yeah, we're too yes. much rock. You know, and because in Metro Nashville, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. Mm-hmm. And when they built everything up to the sidewalk or along, along Charlotte, 8th yes. Avenue, everywhere, I'm like, y'all are not allowing any place for trains yes. or anything. So I've always thought either a monorail or um, trams, above yes. ground trams. Mm-hmm. That's um, what I, I guess I called it a monorail because I think yeah. it's just got the mono rail in the middle. But that's what they had in Miami. I was mm-hmm. literally sitting eating lunch and it just kept going, you know, mm-hmm. going by me the whole time. And yeah. it it's just elevated. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, like an elevated train going down the median of I-24. Like I think of that going yes. down to Murfreesboro mm-hmm. and yes. how much for people who will let go of their cars. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the thing. I would use it more socially, I think, than mm-hmm. because in my business, in our business, you have we're to. zipping yeah. all over the place Absolutely. in our car. Yeah. But to go downtown or go down the weekends? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. You know? No way would I drive my car. But if I worked yeah. at some place like, say, Vanderbilt or in a at the state or, or whatever, mm-hmm. where I knew I was going to a job where I'm there for eight hours a day, mm-hmm. that would be, mm-hmm. you know, and then if I had to leave, you could just Uber. Uber is yeah. so easy now. Absolutely. I don't know. But you're right. Infrastructure's yeah. huge. And just... I mean, builders do get such a bad rap mm-hmm. because there are some bad builders, just like yes. there's bad realtors, or they're it's not that they're bad builders, they're bad communicators. Sure. And um, I just appreciate everything you're doing. I think Absolutely. one of the many reasons y'all are so successful is because having a woman's touch on it mm-hmm. is very important. And both you and Sean are very approachable and do make it fun. Yeah. You know, I, I appreciate that. I mean, you know, again, not to have a feminist side to this necessarily, because going back to your original question, I do feel that I've been given grace, I'm sure, many times by subcontractors that would rather cuss me up and down but choose not to because I'm a woman. I don't. We we have a policy in our company. We don't yell. We don't demean people. Like, we are not. I, I hear horror stories about mm-hmm. how some people are treated by other builders, and that is not acceptable. But at the same time frame, I'm sure, you know, I've gone on a job site once or twice and been like, are you going to clean this up? Like, yeah. I'm sure he's cussing me behind my back. But they're going to be a little more respectful because I'm a woman. But on the flip side of that, I do think that the women in this industry do have a better eye for things. My team likes to say that I have a, I think it's 938 pet peeves and counting at this point. <laughs> so I love it's that. like literally, I'm like, they, because I have, you know, we get in habits of saying the same thing. I'm like, okay, guys, I know this is silly, but it's a big pet peeve of mine. And they'll be like, what number is that? Like you have 938 of them. So it is when I do a buyer and what we call an internal walk, we cut blue tape, quote unquote, realtor termed blue tape walks out. And by that, what I mean, when you're buying a home, especially the price points that we build in, it is not your job to take off from your employment to come to my job site and tell me where I need to fix paint and drywall. Yeah. Now, what thank I, you. yes, I mean, it's just it's insane to me. And so what we do, we have a very, clear process starting 30 days out prior to closing we set an internal walk and at that internal walk it's usually right the day after the home inspection that the buyer is obviously going to order and we highly encourage and we me my project manager jenna who's currently learning all of this and usually one of my punch guys we go for about two hours and i'm literally sitting on every toilet making sure it doesn't rock seeing what my vantage point is you know is there paint underneath this cabinet that you wouldn't see unless you were sitting on the toilet. Uh, sometimes I'm getting in the floor. I'm looking to make sure if you're playing on the floor with your kids, 
What's it look like up underneath that fireplace mantle that you wouldn't normally see from a certain mm-hmm. vantage point? Open and closing, of course, every drawer, every sink stopper, every door, making sure it doesn't creak, that it lines up. That Man, that's amazing, I mean, Jamie. it's just the silliest things that after you move in, you're just human nature. If it's there and it's not closing properly or there's a gap at the top of the door or whatever, or it creaks, you're just going to think, man. I just moved into this house. It's brand new. Why is this already happening? Or why am mm-hmm, I seeing this? Mm-hmm. No house is ever perfect, but we take that buyer, we call it our internal walk, and we're kind of replacing that with the buyer walk. I promise you, my set of eyes are more clued into Absolutely. your than yours, and I'm pickier than you, I promise, because it's our reputation on yeah. the line at the end of the mm-hmm. day. Well, one thing I love is that y'all build for realtors, their own personal residences. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah, so I think we're like I, eight or 10 now that yeah. we've built, so that and, means a lot to me when they choose us. Well, it means a lot to the realtor community that mm-hmm. they trust you that much. Absolutely. If, they, if you're doing it for yourself, then clearly mm-hmm. you'd want your clients to do that. And then we bring the buyer, just so everybody doesn't think I don't allow a buyer to have input, we bring the buyer in the day before closing, usually at two o'clock because that morning it's been cleaned and everything. I'm pretty much presenting the house to you, showing you how everything operates, the water shut off, what to do in case of this emergency. It's usually about a two-hour orientation that as of right now, I'm personally doing myself, have been forever. It's one of my favorite things. And I have a painter and a punch guy, quality control manager, as I call them, punch is yeah. internal word. But, yeah, we get it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but they are standing right there. And they are ready, boom, boom, boom. If I catch anything else, because I do, every mm-hmm. single time I'll find something else. Um, or if the buyer catches something, maybe they're a little taller than me and they see something I didn't see. Yeah. So we are making sure that it's handled right then. But really, that house is move-in ready. The goal is on the two weeks prior to closing at my internal walk, I can move in that day. It's clean enough. Everything's done. Maybe some pressure washing that we're going to wait to the end, especially certain seasons. But when your home inspector comes, you're not coming to a half-finished, punched-out house. You're coming to a finished house so that they can pay attention to the things that matter the most. Mm-hmm. So that we just awesome. had a home inspection on one in Westmead. I was so excited. Literally, there were six things. And it was the oh smallest of things. Six on a 5,000-square-foot house with a wow. pool, outdoor kitchen, everything. Fireplace outside. That's impressive. And it was like one of them was a weather stripping. I mean, it's that minute of a detail, you know? And so that that meant that we did a good job catching our mm-hmm. own stuff. So, That's great. Yeah, Jamie, thank you so much You're for so joining welcome. us today. Yeah. This has been, I've learned more yes. things. I've written down some great phrases too. Oh, I love yes. it. I love yes. it. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it very much. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll have you back because there's a lot more things. We, yes. we, can, we can do it when we're mid-build through when we can oh talk about Oh my gosh, that, that would be, be awesome. Yeah. Really fun. That would be fun. So everybody, thank you for tuning in today. We really appreciate it. We loved having Jamie Duncan with Build Nashville. We'll have her contact information in our show notes. If you mm-hmm. have any questions, want us to discuss any topic, email Heather and me at, or Heather and I, <laughs> at <laughs> podcast at wilsongrouprealestate.com. Have a great day. Recognized as a nationally ranked top 150 accounting firm, Alexander Thompson Arnold CPAs serves Tennessee, Arkansas, Kentucky, and Mississippi by providing accounting, tax, and consulting services for clients ranging from small to medium-sized businesses. ATA offers several services other than traditional accounting to the Nashville area, such as technology solutions, litigation support, business valuations, marketing strategies, HR consulting, retirement plans, and third-party administration. Contact ATA partner David Hart by calling 615-662-2727 or visit them online at atacpa.net. Hey, if you're loving the show, go find that little follow button on your podcast app. 
This will ensure you won't miss a single episode. Until next time. This show is edited by Elizabeth Evans Media.